In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, it's the cute digging a dog and Jeannie in the studio talking about the past. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself. It's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast. And welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. I'm so excited to be in the studio. It is I, the Q Diggity Dog. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my lovely wife is up in the studio as well. We are at the Moran Studios Incorporated. Honey, please say hi. Hi. Yes. Um, nicely done. And uh, so that you know, let's get it kicked off here with our contact information. Reach out to us at coach at man versus marriage podcast.com. And you can connect with us on Facebook at MVSM podcast. Check us out there. Okay. I did some of that with my radio voice, honey. I hope you liked it. Do you find my radio voice super sexy? Lie if you have to. Um, okay. So I'm going to lie and say, sure. Thanks, babe. <laughs> you do find it funny because when I do it at the yes. movies... You know, it it still cracks me up that I can make you laugh after nearly 20 years. So today's episode, we had a nice little 40-something minute talk just to kind of catch up on the, the last few episodes, because I talked to you um, about three episodes we released, which was Unfinished Business, Processing Heartache, and Confronting Fear. And um, I was really struggling with what direction to take the podcast from the last show because I want to I want to teach people more about our journey. I want people to be able to our listeners to be able to hear our journey so that it inspires them to uh, to really believe that they can do better. You laughing at the dogs? <laughs> yeah, if y'all hear the dogs, the dogs are eating and drinking water and it's just uh, it's a, a bit of the quiet life going on at the Moran household because the kids are in school and uh, whatnot, but dogs are dogs. If somebody comes, if the doorbell rings, it is going to get Crazy. lit up in here. So taken away from those other episodes, uh, Unfinished Business, Processing Heartache, and Confronting Fear, um... What really came out of it to me, I told you, was no longer resisting the past, but resolving the past. Because I'm convinced, in my own life specifically, that if you have not resolved the past, it is running your present and your future. And that is not what I want for my life anymore. I lived too long out of that, and it affected our relationship it affected my career. It affected my parenting. So the goal now, um, based on those episodes, is like I'm done trying to be a different version of myself for all these different people. And I don't blame those people. It's myself. I was trying so hard to be the person they needed in the moment when actually just me as Quincy is enough. Cause I'll rise, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all with that, uh, 
you know, that biblical passage, passage that's like, you know, let's bear our burdens, let's cry when it's time to cry, let's laugh when it's time to laugh. I, that, that's just, that's me. I am an enhancement of, of humanity, but I don't have to try to act like what you need. I am just becoming okay with being myself. Um, and something that stood out to me, and maybe this does for you, the listener, too, and I'd love your thoughts on it, is what voice has the past um, had in your life? How has the past been speaking in your mind, telling you who you are or who you are not? Because I started thinking about the past and what I had been through and what it says to me. And how it holds me back. So if you'll think for that just a minute, what voices of the past that we, even, you know, the stuff we talked about, having unfinished business or what we call a filter or what we call like having the conversation before the conversation ever happens because this is what happened the last time. Um, or the here we go again mentality or the what if mentality or however you want to phrase it. But for me, I'm asking Quincy, what, what is the past speaking to you every day that is limiting you as a person, that is limiting you as a husband, that's limiting you as a father, that's limiting you as an employee? And, you know, the things that really stood out to me, I'm going to read down this list I started writing, was, you are not enough. You are not good enough. You are not worth it. Um, this is one that I thought of for you, but you can say it for yourself. You're not safe. Um, you know, you can't or you have to act a certain way. Or the way that autism would speak to me and say, you can't go in public anymore. you got to shut down your life, you know, because what if, Kirsten, what if, Hunter, um... You know, um, you're a burden. My past was continually telling me that I was a burden, so I couldn't give, I couldn't share my problems with people. Here's a side note. Anything I do, I just go all the way, full throttle right away. That's not the best approach to everything, especially during that time where Coach Rita challenged me to ask for help and to be vulnerable. Because I was being vulnerable and asking for help with people that had, I had no business doing that with because mm -hmm. I don't have that rapport, you know. So I did learn some good laugh-at-myself lessons to say, dude, come on, man. You, you know, it, some of this stuff takes measure. It takes a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I have to please everybody. Um, I have to please everybody so that I'll be important to them in their life. Um, your problems make people leave. Um and, you know, and then some other ones, it's like, don't so focused on don't act this way. Don't be like your parents or, you know, that sex is a service or, you know, whatever the expectations of sex are in the past. Or, you know, are you in the women haters club or the man haters club or are you bad mouthing or, you know, talking smack about your spouse? Um, are you living full time in the what ifs? Are you constantly guarded? I don't know. You know, I'm not giving you a lot of time to think about it, even though we had a conversation, but what what is it that 
you've noticed over the last few episodes what voice did the past or does the past still have in your life and how are you confronting that you want to know about the internal dialogue voice that speaks to me you said it so much better than me are you sure you have enough time on this thing (laughs) yeah yeah and i'm not asking you to go into great detail i'm what i want you to do is throw it out there so that other people listening maybe can identify with a little bit of that and then we can you and i can talk to them a little bit about not resisting the past or trying to hide from it but actually resolving those issues and we can give some examples of what we've done and the conversations that we've had and then they can get on that same road okay probably the primary ones are you don't matter Uh, my opinion doesn't count not good enough what if you'll never make it um You're not safe. You're an easy target. Those are probably majority. There are others, but those are the ones that are probably the loudest. When you, you know, um, when you look at the autism side of it, those have always been, you can't do that. You'll never do this. Um, you just have to accept it and, um, you know, it is what it is. That's, that's probably, and that's the one that I'm trying so hard to take out of my own verbiage Mm -hmm. is it is what it is because it doesn't have to be what it is. Yeah. And that's the hardest one, especially in dealing with the autism side of things or, um, the kids. It doesn't have to be terrible twos. It doesn't have to be the crappy teenage years. It doesn't have to be high school sucks. It is what it is. It doesn't have to be what it is. Right. That's, that's one of the ones that I think I've focused the most on, um, right now. That's a big deal. Um, just on a on a percentage basis, this is hard to come up with in the moment, I'm sure. But as a per, as a percentage basis, how much of that did you bring into our marriage? Um, most of it, probably. Well, we didn't have autism then, so probably about sixty percent of it. Yeah, but that stuff I heard or felt in the environment I was raised in and the people that I surrounded myself with growing up. Yeah. And I would say probably 75% or maybe more is what I brought into our marriage. And look, I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer that no parent sets out to say, I am going to screw this kid up. (laughs) I'm going to do everything I can to screw this kid up the best I can. So I'm not knocking you as a parent. I'm not knocking my parents, Jeannie's parents, and she ain't doing that either. But what we are saying is, you do what you see. And then you do that, and as you're growing up, you're so impressionable, you're doing what you see. And unless you like actually get intentional about identifying what you do, then as an adult, right, (laughs) and what you see, and then as an adult, 
what are you going to do? You're going to do what you saw done. Now, there are those things that you'll say, well, I'm never going to be like my parent. And then eventually you just turn into your parent. Um, because you focus so much on what you don't want to be that you actually become that. And so if I'm saying I brought 75% of these vo- these voices in my head before we got married, and you brought 60 or so percent of it, we were kind of doomed from the start as far as our relationship before we knew what any of the challenges were. And we compounded the other person's fears. Because it just, all that did for me was that I assumed, based on the voices in my head, that I knew how you were going to respond or what you thought about situations, and I didn't. Mm -hmm. And the same for you. You assumed that I would thought, my thoughts or my um, reactions to situations. But we never really discussed them who the heck told us we were supposed to (laughs) nobody did you're supposed to talk in a marriage (laughs) uh yeah and it's not and it's not just i don't know because when we first that's what we started out doing when we met babysitting we were talking and time flew and we connected but at some point instead of being excited about discovering who you were or who I was, we started retreating to our own corners, kind of. Mm -hmm. Waiting for the bell to ring so we could come out and fight for what we thought things should be instead of continuing, like, that discovery mode. That's why I told you, you know, based on where I think we are, we've kind of circled back around to the couple we set out to be to We're learn honeymooning about, again. <laughs> yeah. To, to learn about each other. Do you remember how much you used to keep me on the phone when I was working? You'd have me on the phone until like five in the morning? Well, yeah, because it's the only time I could get you because you worked all day long. And then when we got home, it was your roommates or friends were over. We didn't have, of course, we kind of built that into the relationship because right. we were trying not to get into trouble. But we didn't have a whole lot of time together where we just talked and so it was always on the phone so you would leave my apartment at midnight and call me when you got home and we'd stay on the phone until like five in the morning in all fairness he did sleep on the phone he wasn't awake the whole time well i had to get up at five thirty to go to work <laughs> <laughs> and the cycle would start over again so it's it's That's funny because we do that now our our talks usually start at like 11 p.m and they end that's Somewhere true. in the wee hours of the morning. It's programmed. <laughs> it is. That's what we've been doing since the beginning. You know, That's kids funny. or no kids. That's the way it is. So what is it, you know, it's like one of the things that stuck out to me, those voices that were kind of controlling who I thought I could be, who I, I, I didn't think I could be. And, you know, like a voice that would tell me that all your ideas are stupid. So why put them out there? You have too many dreams, Quincy. Yeah, too many, too much, or, you know, you can't share your problems. You can't you can't burden other people with your problems because you are on this earth to make everybody's life better. Oh, my favorite one with that was always, well, you made your bed. Whenever we had stuff going on and there was just so much 
in a small time frame with all the kids and the chaos and just the medical and the financial and just everything in I would say like a three to five year time span was just seemed like we could not get above water and the the common thread in conversation was people telling me well you guys made your bed you you guys did this to yourselves and it's like you know back then I used to bite my tongue quite a bit and not tell people what I thought because I was very cautious about hurting you or offending you or you know worried that it was gonna get somewhere else and I was gonna hear about it now bump that it's pretty much the yeah. the safe version of my, my current thought process. Yeah. yeah. Well, what were those initials I put the other day? Don't say them because that's naughty. Um, <laughs> STFU. <laughs> um, uh, I don't say that word, but. I do. It's all good. You can put it underneath me. <laughs> Hashtag Jeannie said it. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Jeannie done said that. So <laughs> something that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, like, because I have, I have my own situations of like, I have to act a certain way or say certain things in front of certain people. If I don't, I felt, I would feel like I wasn't doing something right. Like if I'm in a room with somebody and we're not having a conversation, I'm uncomfortable because I think it's like, I've always got to be doing something to entertain the person I'm in the room with. And that's just false. I don't have to do that. I can sit, even now, being able to just sit in the room with you or ride with you uh, to a little getaway or wherever it is, I don't, I'm not putting that pressure on myself to say, dude, you've got to, you have to make it meaningful or you have to make this meaningful conversation because that's what people expect of you. Um, I know one of the things that was really speaking loudly to you was the it came out that you were always feeling like you had to be protected Mm -hmm. like you weren't safe so my thing with that was that that had to be exhausting it is it's it still is um but like I was telling you, and, and there are people out there that are probably going through the same thing I am. If you've ever gone through any form of abuse at all, it, it puts you in that mindset of needing to be protected. And when you don't feel like the ones that are responsible for taking care of you and protecting you from the start are doing that, it puts you in a position to find a way to protect you. It does suck because you're right. It puts everybody else on enemy lines. That It's just the truth of it. I don't trust anybody because I don't know if you're going to hurt me. Um, I'm working past that mm-hmm. and being able to open up a little bit more. But it took, and this is the scary part, it took me and you having that um, conversation with Rita and getting to a place where I finally understood I am number one in your life. You are going to protect me at all costs. And people around us who had so much weight bearing on our relationship and the things that we did no longer had that access. It helped me to know I can open up more to other people knowing if 
this goes wrong, at least I have you to fall back to, to know they'll never get past that line. There, there's nothing that can come at me past this line. Yeah. Um, but it took a lot to get me there. And there's still areas. The sad part is it affects a lot more than just how I deal with people and how I, um, how I have relationships with other people. It affects everything from our sex life to our conversations to, um, pretty much anything that, that we have in our relationship. There's different aspects that it, it affects. I mean, I was constantly in the beginning of our marriage because of the voices that spoke to me, so to speak, and the the people who had given their take on life and their circumstances. I was constantly waiting for you to look for a way out. And I was always in the thought process of what am I going to do to protect myself if he bails? What am I going to have should I need it? And thankfully, I never went further than thinking about it because I've, I know people who from day one have stash cash hiding somewhere in case crap goes wrong. At least I know I'll have a saving somewhere yeah. that they can't touch, or at least I'll know I'll have something to fall back on. And it's like, that's a crappy place to be and the the whole time you were thinking or you were kind of convincing yourself that I was looking for a way out that was never even a part of my thought process Mm -mm. one time like we talked about there was one time where I really considered if this marriage thing was for me Um, and aside from that one time that was never anything that crossed my mind but there, again, was us, you know, each of us assuming, based on the voices that are in our head, based on our past experience, mm-hmm. what Coach Rita and Bill would call a filter, which is how you see everything, um, that we knew what the other one was thinking. I think what I've learned and what I've been doing with our kids lately is, A, when I'm looking back at the past and addressing it. I'm not bashing my parents. I have to consider the circumstances in which I grew up. There were circumstances that happened before my existence and after I was born that dictated to my parents how they raised us and their opinions on things and how they, they taught us things. Right. Okay. I do the same thing with our kids. I have a filter. I work through fear. I process through fear and it comes out in anger. I'm not mad at you. I am frustrated at the situation. Take, for example, having to rush and get somebody down to UCLA when we are a couple hours away. We don't know what traffic is. We don't know what we're looking at. And there are a lot of stupid laws in California that could potentially get me in trouble if I'm transporting a kid knowing they're having seizures. Okay, that's off track. But... All of that is what's running through my head. But when my kid comes in at the time that all of that is going on and I snap, I have to come back and remind them, I need you to go back and just remember the circumstance that was going on at the time that you saw me acting this way. This is not how I want you to behave. This is not what I want you to mimic. I want you to think about what was going on. A, I apologize for it, and B, I need you to learn from what I did and slow down and process through it before you act. Mm -hmm. 
it's helping them to not respond the same way, but it's also helping me because it's keeping me accountable to what are they seeing. Yeah. I And then that is definitely, that's definitely something that I think is important for us to do. Um, as we kind of come up against these things that like you kind of notice or you start to pay attention to the the voices in your head and it's like, I just have to be done assuming I know what you're thinking. And, you know, it could have saved a lot of heartache and pain if we would have just had the teaching or the understanding that instead of assuming it, let's ask a question. And let's actually talk about the voices that are going on or what's, you know, I, I don't know if I, if I would have come to you at some point and said, I just don't feel like I'm enough. I'm, I'm freaking scared to death about this situation. Um, we probably could have connected at that point and said, and you said, well, I'm, I'm freaking scared too. Um, I think by the time we got there, it had already been like 10 or 12 years before we finally had that first, you know, I'm freaking out. You're freaking out. What do we do here? This is, this is where my thought is going. This is where your thought is going. And then it took for you at the time, it was affirmation. I did not know that. Had I known that from the get go, Mm -hmm. you never would have second guessed whether or not you were enough for me. If I had known, I, I knew that you were down on yourself, but I didn't recognize that you needed me to be the one to help shift that mindset. I had no clue that that's what you needed at the time. Had I known that from the beginning, you never would have guessed whether or not you were enough. You, you never would have struggled with the idea that you were not taking care of me the right way or that you were not going to um, fulfill what I needed. That would have never been an issue. But I didn't know that. Yeah. Had you known that I was constantly afraid of everything going wrong and afraid that there was always going to be something better for you than me, I'm sure you would have addressed it and it would have been very, very different. But we just didn't know how to have those conversations. Right. It wasn't what we were taught. I mean, in both of our worlds, it was, you know, feel it, stuff it, deal with it. Yeah. And that's it. You just... or Or... Ignore it. To interrupt you, it's like, feel it, stuff it, but use it against them. Yeah, yeah, that too. We had a lot of that too. You know, and because I did that for such a long time. Um, I resented you for such a long time when it came to, we got married and we never moved to Alabama. And then every argument we would have, Alabama would always surface. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, you know, like you, I didn't realize, and you know, after it nearly 20 years of being married now it's like okay how much of these voices or these insecurities am i going through i'm not even communicating them to you but i'm kind of holding you in contempt because i think you are you are acting towards me based on my insecurities or what you think of me when that's not even crossing your mind and vice versa So I I think what we could do is like really give them an idea, give our listeners an idea of what we're doing to kind of put 
the past in check and resolve it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like I said on one of those episodes, my thing is I want to write it all down and I just want to attack it. I want to attack it. But Rita said that's not the best way for us. A, because you don't work that way. You know, I think if I tried to do that, it would overwhelm you. And then we would just be right back in the same spot. Because I'm thinking, well, you don't want to work on this. And you're thinking whatever you're going to think. Oh, I would run. If, if you were to give me a laundry list, I would run. Just from the simple fact that uh, knowing my limitations, it's kind of looking at things like you're a forward thinker. You can look five years down the line and you will start a plan today to get to that five years down the line. I need two weeks. Right. Let me get through two weeks. And then I can move to the next. And the only reason I say that, and, and, and I didn't used to be that way. I was always looking forward and looking for things that were bigger. But I think having so much compacted and come down on us so fast and just constant repetition of things going down, I can't think past what I can control. And I can control 14 days and I can shift anything around in those 14 days I need to. But after 14 days, you're pushing it. I mean, look at, at the book, pushing myself from the end of June to November 1st. That was a huge process. And it took me three days to pick a date. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to pick a date. And it's not even set in stone. It was just pick a date. It took me and Rita three days for me to go, okay, I can settle on this. Yeah. And I'm having to still break it down week by week to function through it. But looking at something like that, I can take one or two things. Let, let's make a list and say, okay, these are the two things that are the most important right now that we want to look at. Which one can we attack first? I can do that. Yeah. I can't do the spreadsheet version of this. It just yeah. won't work. Yeah, and that's not what I want to do. I, I think she had the best. She had the best advice for both of us that would work together as, as these things come up. Let's talk about them. Whether it is our friend from the past that the relationship just kind of shattered. It kind of, it, it had you it in a place. Over time. Yeah, over time, you were just done. But you didn't know how to tell me because you were concerned about how I would react or what I would do. Which And I, I understand that. It was, a, it was a very big relationship for me. But you were just holding on to the relationship for me but i had checked out and it was right. evident. It, it was very evident when looking we back it was but in the moment yeah you know it's like it it wasn't as much for me but i know you a lot better now than i knew you then well and i think honestly i think you weren't looking for it because when we spend time with people you look to spend time with people mm-hmm. you're with me i'm there and and we're together but you're there to spend time with those people so you're invested in those people you might not have noticed some of my quirks or some of the things that i was doing because i'm pretty good at putting up a bs front and just sitting through something even if i don't like it um but yeah if if i had told you when things started going south which was probably 12 years before it actually did yeah then it probably would have been something that we could have addressed and we we might have been able to work through it we might have been able to work around it or we might have just had different boundaries set but the way that it went down just was not 
cool for anybody because we didn't have the conversations like we should have to discuss right why these things were not working and and what we should have done differently i think i was more worried about your reaction to the relationship and i was worried that you would be more concerned about the relationship staying intact ow so ow i'm saying ow for you not ow for me no i know but that's I mean, it was a long friendship, very long friendship. Right. And, and this, intense. It was and, an and intense it, friendship. Yeah. But, um, no, I just think that if we would have known to have those conversations prior. Yeah. Like like we do now. I mean, we still screw it up. I mean, we had that one conversation that went till four in the morning that we were both saying something that neither one of us could really get the other person's point. And I got to the point where I was just getting pissed. and And I don't... You know, and, but you know, I'm recovering or whatever. But I don't usually do that. I I can usually filter through pretty good, filter in a good way. Um, but I just wasn't happening then. But we kind of reserve the right with each other to say it until there's an understanding, and not take it personal. And we just kind of threw those out the window, <laughs> you know, that day. I think if I could sum it up best for point number one for myself. And maybe this for you too, whether it's that relationship uh, that we're discussing, uh, past relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, past relationships, parent, friend, um, past hurts, past disappointments. As they come up, we should work to resolve those things knowing there's nothing you can do to change the past. But my goal number one for those things is to make those thoughts harmless. That's that's what I, yeah, the dog, honey, it's okay. The dogs are going to bark. Goal number one for me is making those thoughts harmless when they come up. Like we were supposed to go to the wedding and we knew we would see them there. So as you think of that person, are those people in your life that you have bad blood or things ended poorly or a relationship that you had with somebody that ended very ugly? Um, Maybe you have insecurities from a, a girlfriend who said or did things in the past or a boyfriend or whatever the case is. Coming to a place where you can make those thoughts harmless in my opinion, is goal number one so that they don't affect me anymore. And I feel like if I fully resolve myself with those issues and those circumstances, that they will no longer create any sort of anxiety in me. I think that's a really, really big deal for me. I don't know if you had a chance to pay attention to that or if you were more focused on making sure the dogs didn't bark even though they did. Um, What do you think about how much power is there for you in making, if those thoughts of fear were rendered harmless to you? Say that again. Okay. So when you have those thoughts that, that come up and it makes you, like, you don't feel like you're protected, you're not safe, how much power would there be for you if those thoughts became harmless to you? Like, it would be freedom freedom okay so that's definitely 
one way. That's like step one of resolving the past as opposed to, as opposed to resisting it. Because I think if you resist it, you run from it. Um, maybe if you confront it, you're in a war with it. But truly, the way I'm looking at it right now is those words and thoughts, the, the voices from the past, only have as much power as I really give them. True. So if I can, if I can render those thoughts harmless then I can continue to close the chapter on those experiences that have been speaking to me my entire adult life. But what you have to look at is how you render those harmless. That's the hard part. There's always that, this is what you need to do. Okay, great. How do you do that? And that's, that's, and that's why... That's the constant frustration for me has been... Okay, well, how do you determine, is it that person having control that's keeping me from going to this event, or is it me deciding, I just really don't want to put myself in that position? There's a fine line between what is controlled by that fear and what is controlled by me taking charge of myself and deciding, um the toxicity of something and whether or not I'm willing to. And it's not necessarily for me. It's not necessarily looking at something and saying, this person holds this over me and it's, it's, it's fear-based because of that person. It's not fear-based because of that person. It's me making a choice. Am I willing to put myself in a position where I know I haven't taken control of that part of me yet? And saying, I'm just not ready to face this. Mm -hmm. Or is it letting them win because I'm not willing to face it? I think what I've, I've had to do is rewrite the script. If something comes up and um, let's, we'll use a, a past boyfriend. If something that was said by a past boyfriend is still coming up in a time that you and I are talking or a conversation or sex or what have you, I've had to make myself stop. Mm -hmm. This is no longer the person you're with. This is no longer a person who speaks in my life. This is no longer a person who matters. But it took me a long time to get past, if this person said it, it must be true. I had to get past that. Now I'm in a place where I can... And I've had to a couple of times say, I need to know your opinion on this mm -hmm. because I need to rewrite what's in my head with what you actually think about this. Of course. Um, I think that's, that's part of it. It's knowing, it's being able to talk to each other and say, I don't think I measure up enough in this and this is really kicking my ass right now. Mm -hmm. And letting you speak to me and tell me, okay, well, let me tell you what I see. It's not necessarily that you want someone else's opinion to be more important than your own of yourself, but it is important to have the person that you value the most in the world see the value that you don't see or remind you of the things that maybe you're not focused on. It's real easy for me to quit 
something mm-hmm. because I'm afraid of succeeding at it or I'm afraid of failing at it. It just depends on which side of the coin I'm looking at today. It is a lot easier for me not to quit when I've got you behind me going, okay, but if you make it, if this works, how much better will you feel in the end of it? Just having completed something, just having done something. And at the same time, you kind of negate the opposite side of what's the worst that could happen. Okay, so you fail. So what? What do we do? We get back up. We do it again. We find something else, whatever the case may be. In my particular case for myself and in, in shutting down those voices, I need an, another voice to speak to me. Yeah. Doing it by myself was not enough. Yeah. And it's not always going to be Rita who has to draw those things out and question me. Now that we're in the place that we're in, I'm able to trust enough to say, okay, your voice has to be the voice that I hear in my head because if it's left to my own, I'm going to screw this up. Um, but I think for people who are listening, if you don't, if you're not at the place yet where you trust your spouse enough to be that voice, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I'm not knocking that by any means. And I, I hope if your spouse listens to it, they don't either. And they meet you where you're at. Yeah. But you need to get an outside voice to help to rewrite those things that you're hearing or those things that are telling you you're only this, this, and this. You need someone else in your corner to hold you accountable to what the truth is. And and I respect that. And I'm and I don't want to make the case here that I'm telling you you have to do this my way. Oh no, I'm not. Um, I know. I understand that. I'm I'm not taking it that way at all. Okay, good. Good. Because I don't think there's any one there's not it's not like there's only one way to get to making these thoughts harmless. Mm-hmm. For me, <clears throat> I've come to the place in my life where I really can like internally advocate for myself to change. I can point to a number of areas in my life where I've been successful in rewriting my personal philosophy. So I know what it takes for me. Um, If I struggle, then I'm sharing, if I'm sharing it with you, um, that's because I do need some teamwork. So that's where we're going to pause it. Right there. And I think Jeannie and I have done a great job in showing you how to identify these types of voices or trash talk that is uh, causing so much conflict in your life and you may not even know it. So tune into the next episode where we give you some how to get these things handled. Much love, my peeps. Until we meet again, the cute dog is out. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast.